Welcome to Fighting Faces. I'm your host, Eric. And joining me today, as always, is Muhammad. What's up? And Figure. Yeah, what's good? And today is our third episode of Fighting Fiction. And we got some really interesting, a really interesting topic for us, like for, every, for you guys here today. So, who would want to take us in? I guess I'll I guess I'll take a sit. <laughs> we don't talk about story ad- adaptations or adaptions or adapting a story. They're terrible, all of them. All, all, all of them are terrible. All of them are terrible except for the good ones. Like I just uh, let's talk about Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone. Actually, Adi Pareto <laughs> <laughs> from Weakest to Strongest, all right? Or no? Isn't that not adapted yet though? I mean, isn't there only just one episode for right now? Oh yeah, that first episode is really bad. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't even watch it yet. Oh no, I watched it because I read the manga. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and you know, I remember I, I remember telling you before how like it's uh the director, he 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 got the light novel, he got the manga adaptation, oh. flipped through the pages <laughs> and said, hey, I think I think I got this, I got this. And then <laughs> so it was basically like, okay, he's got the book, he's like. And that's it. He's like, hey, I got it. Yeah, that was that's it. <laughs> I love that so much. And it's <laughs> it's it's nothing like the manga, right? Or the light novel, because would he switch it around? Okay, so he starts he starts um the series on chapter four of the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the series on chapter four of the manga and light novel, right? But then he does quick cuts. To back to early chapters of the series. What does chapter four start? Off, okay, uh, chapter easier. no, 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 it doesn't. It it doesn't. No. Ch- chapter four starts off with him in the cave, and that's how the manga starts off with him in the cave, unconscious. He's like, oh, I'm in the, <laughs> the I'm, cave. I'm in the cave. <laughs> like because chapters one through three is setting up the story of our character, right? Okay, chapter one, boom. He's a high school boy, but he's a he's a neat gamer, right? Gamer boy, likes video games a little too much, but the prettiest girl in school likes him, and all the other Japanese kids are like, oh, I hate this guy because the pretty girl likes the, the nerd, right? They, then, boom, middle of chapter one, they get teleported to another world, and then they get oh. <laughs> they get RPG systems, and oh. he gets the weakest RPG systems, and he's already getting bullied. No. He's he's already getting bullied, and no. and so then, boom, right? But he's actually pretty smart because he plays video games in the RPG system world. And then they go on, like, then they do a training montage within, like, the second chapter. Then chapter three. Then chapter three, they get hit in a trap, right? His entire class, all his classmates are in trouble, but he's like, I can save the day because he's normally a coward. But we hit hit that home in the first three chapters that he's a coward. Right? But but he's like, I'm pretty smart, so I think he can solve our way out of this. And he solves the way out of it. But then, but then one of the bullies backstabbing he falls into the cave oh right that's the man, first i've never heard of this before yeah yeah it's like it's not like shield hero not at all oh man it's it's like i've never heard of this story going down like this before right my goodness but like, that's so new and inventive <laughs> it's, not, it's not like we had like five seasons of the same exact show it was like wow muhammad we're gonna put you in another world with a cell phone we're gonna put you, yeah, we're gonna put you into the world with a cell phone, or we're gonna put you into the world where you were coding the game, and then you had the death march it, and so that you passed out on your desk, and now you're in the game. 
Oh, okay. Or you take an iPad? You want to take an iPad instead? Um, yeah, I'll take an iPad. What about you just bring a graphics card with you? Take a Motorola, Motorola cell phone. We'll just give you a Nokia. We'll give you a Nokia, and that way the Nokia can. Like, what, what's the wait, 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 what's the one where um where the guy um he goes and he makes a gun or something like that? Um, I know which one you're talking about, where he's like. He's a gun otaku, and then he had a bet. Him and his best friend got bullied, but the thing oh, was, oh, 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 that's a bad combination. Right, right. A bad combination. So him and his best friend got bullied a lot, but then one day, the, he like the main character was coming home. He was walking home. He didn't see he, without his best friend, and he knows his best friend going into the park to get bullied some more. But he was like, man, I either get bullied with my best friend or go home and not get bullied today. And he decides to not get bullied today. And then his friend commits suicide. <laughs> oh no! Right, his friend his friend is committing suicide, and he's like, the, he, the main character is like, oh no! If I got bullied, with my friend, he would have never died. What kind of friend am I? And then he then he decides to like, he's gonna stay inside and learn how to build model guns, right? But in that case, and then eventually one day he goes outside to go buy a model kit, and then his his old bully's there. He's like, you know, I got arrested for you. Because you decide to not get bullied that day, and he ends up getting killing him. MC Kuhn, and MC Kuhn wakes up in another world as a baby, but with all the knowledge of him knowing how to make model guns. This sounds familiar to another. We talked about this before. Just like I had another manga that was the same exact way. No, th I think it's like the manga I'm telling you about because I'm pretty sure we both read it. No, no, there's another one where where um he he grows up as a kid first in the in the new world. Mm -hmm. But the, but what, okay, was there like a magic metal he could like form? Yeah, yeah, could... yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Because I knew okay, I knew we were okay, talking okay, about the same. Okay, one. was there a furry? Yes, a lot of furries. There's even a vampire, vampire lolly. No. Yeah, there's a vampire no. lolly later, and then there's a a, a, oh, a we shiny okay, a shiny. It's the same thing. Yeah, I told you. It's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing. I don't remember that first uh, first part though. <sighs> that first part was like, man, we're going this way. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Wait a minute. I remember the first part now. I never remember that first part. I just remember him making like a revolver and like shooting it. And everyone's like, whoa, what is that? And it was like, they're freaking out. But we were supposed to talk about story adaptations. And I thought we were going to go right into uh, the anime movies. You know, going from anime to live action. Okay, we're going to talk about Akira and how like Akira is different from the manga and anime. No, I'm talking about we're going, no, we're going bad. Oh, going, we're gonna go bad first to good, or we're gonna we're go. We're going Dragon Ball Evolution bad. I'm a big fan of the Bleach live action. <laughs> oh man, I'm a I'm a big fan of that uh, Death Note movie on Netflix. Oh, I know that Netflix like, one. Dude. Like, uh, I I love me some uh, some Ninja L. Uh, oh man, that's Watchdogs L. What do you mean? Like Watchdogs L. Does anyone remember that Team Team and T Team and T Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? It looked like a video game. Oh, 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 the TMNT, the one that was, ba like, it was based off the of Cartoon Network one? Greatest thing ever. The car the cartoon show. The, the turtles look like monsters. Oh, man. The Cartoon Network one is so good. <laughs> the one where they're all separate for some reason, doing their own thing, and they have to gather them back up again. And, oh, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> Leonardo's in, like, a jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're br no, no. We're bringing, we're bringing the band back together, man. We gotta bring the band back together. It's like, what is it's the greatest. It's, it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. I I want you to know that was my first introduction, I think, to the turtles. 
Wow. I never played. That's uh. It was after that, and then I played one of the one of the games, and then obviously the TV shows. That's now, a that's, that's a bit sad. I know. <laughs> no, but I had no context. Okay. So no, I it, know better now. Okay, here's a really bad one. A really bad adaptation is like the Killing Joke, from Alan Moore. Uh, and, oh yeah, that movie kind of sucks. Oh, you mean the animated? Yeah, um, yeah. It's oh. Oh yeah, it, I never got around to that. Okay, so the thing is. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you should get around to it. <laughs> no, because like okay, so really awkward. Like okay, so the like the story, the killing joke itself is like maybe like sixty pages, max. It's not. It's not a big story. It's not a big book, right? Mm-hmm. But they're like, man, we don't have enough content from this sixty-page story. Let's let's make up our own stuff as a prequel to the main stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And. So what they do is they throw in like Bruce, like Batman and Batgirl, get it on. Wait, I remember this man. <laughs> I was about to say that I remember hearing about this. This is so awkward, dude. Why? Well, we we need more stuff to to fill up this. Just don't make the movie, or just make the movie shorter. Just have like a thirty minute movie. How long is the movie? An hour. Cause we got an gotta... hour. Make it thirty minutes. Ugh. Ugh. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with DC? Why can't DC make good? Okay, I thought DC DC had it down like an anime. Oh, they do. They anime. no, they do. They do. So how did this happen? How did I get around the the committee? We we hired Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, and they they get paid by the hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Mark Hamill's a legend, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, we, he's the only Joker voice. Yeah, we we my... we paid Mark. Ham- We've had to pay these guys by the hour. And but we, they have a flat rate regardless for one hour guaranteed. So, yeah, we gotta fill out this hour, boys. Let's uh, let's uh, bad girl. Yeah, you're gonna just have her sleep with Batman on top of a rooftop. So weird. While it sounds like one of my most favorite comic book writers, you know, he did the same exact thing but with a different character. Ooh, Ooh Tom King, the legend himself. Uh, I can't wait for Mister Miracle to get adapted by a. Uh, Actually, that's that. That's it. That's same exact thing. That's it. No, that's actually happening. Mr. Tom King is like doing a, a new gods movie for DC. So I still don't understand that. You have I to. Still r- never understand. I, I didn't understand it. Dude, I read it and I didn't understand. It. I, I don't think you did because you uh, said you said the art was like black. Well, how we argued about the beginning for like thirty minutes. I was like, but, hey, oh. um, Tom King is like this co-writer in the script. Or yeah, um, with right now with some director who they brought in really randomly. No, she's really she's a good writer. Like, it's still like I still think it's weird because <laughs> it's the same person who made that uh, really weird movie with like giant Oprah. Um, what was that movie? Like the giant Oprah. Like it's like uh, it's like some fantasy movie. Where like uh, Medea? No. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mama's house. Those fever dreams. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? Get out. Okay. Get out? Okay. Get get out. Get out. <laughs> Us. Me. Get in. You. Get in. Goodbye. Get, in. Get, get to you. What happens? What's a good? What makes a good adaptation though? 
Follow the follow the book. Okay. 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 It's like follow the book, dude. I don't <laughs> think what makes a, a good adaptation is like understanding like what medium you're putting it in. Okay. Uh, like a lot of like, well, like with comics, you cannot like uh, capture like everything within from that comic within like the movie. You have to try to replace certain things to like make it. Um, like what was wrong with this Killing Joke adaptation was like we... wasn't really that necessary, and they put way too much stock into it. We pay Kevin Conroy by the hour, so we're gonna like, use Kevin Conroy for an hour. Like, this... It's all he can do. That's the thing. It's a sad thing about Conroy. This it's man, like, you're gonna be all he's known for is voicing Batman. He's gonna be in Injustice Three when that comes out. He's gonna. Uh, uh, I was kind of pissed he wasn't in, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Batman. Oh, you have that, that one. Good... You have that one guy who's in everything now. Who's in like, like video? Troy game. Baker. Yeah, the he. God, Troy. Oh, Troy Baker plays a really good Joker. But. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Do you think it's the context that we have of the story? Is what we think it, we make it okay. What see, we think it makes it bad. Okay, no. See, that's the thing, though. Um, if I were to talk about Doctor Stone's first episode, right? I ha I read the manga before them. I even knew there was getting an anime adaptation for it, and I was expecting it to to follow uh, Senku, right? Or right first, rather than the original main character, the idiot friend, right? That I call him idiot, right? Because I don't remember his name. Because he he they dropped him off the manga for. Like, after, after the first arc of the series, right? So, they, the the main character is like you know like Shonen Jump is like this dumb idiot who's like oh, who really tries really hard, then power crawls his way to victory, right? But in Doctor Stone, up to the end, right? It, we follow this guy, and then somewhere along the line, I feel like the writer realized that we don't want to follow him. It'd be better. It'd be more interesting to follow Doctor Stone. Right, and so after the first arc, where there's a spoiler alert, right? There's a big separation between the villain and Senku, right? They we do a recap, but through Senku's perspective. So basically, the entire first story arc is captured through we, we see it through his perspective, right? When he woke up and what he did for most of the time, right? And as many all the trials of like all the scientific methods, like uh, the experiments he did. To try to unstone something and like why he did like how he able to survive for like six months on his own, right? Instead, we instead the first episode drops us off like the first chapter of the manga, the first two chapters of the manga, and that sort of irritated me when I watched it because I think it's it would have been stronger if we followed like if we cut like we changed like instead of following the first chapter, we just followed like Senku immediately because he's gonna be the main character. This he's the main character of the series regardless. Rather than like our shonen, our stock shonen protagonist. But that's you with context. Though. What if it's someone like me? I haven't read the manga yet, so I don't have all the details. Even though you explained a bit to me. Okay. What if I go in and watch that first episode, and I see the pacing? I'm like, hey, this ain't that bad, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. But okay. So the way it's going right now, it's following the manga to the T, right? Well, at, like from the first episode. I haven't seen the second one yet. Right. But the way it's going is following the manga panel by panel, like, well animated and stuff, and, like, with smooth cuts and transitions that you wouldn't think it's a manga, right? And 
it's if they do if they if, if the rate they're going right and they keep following the manga they're gonna get to the point where they say we're gonna show you how senku survived and now we're moving the story over to him for the rest of this like series right and then when you get to that point you realize i i sort of wasted like maybe four or five episodes with our stock shown protagonist or you're like man i wish i had more stock shown protagonist right because most of the story falls around Senku the entire time, right? It He is the main character for this series. And we don't even see his friend anymore. Like, the best friend that we set up, like, in the first episode. We don't see him anymore in the manga, right? And so, in that case, it feels like, what is it? it it's sort of like a waste of time, like, me as a reader. That we're, we're spending time on him. But I guess, like, if, like in your perspective, right... It's an adaptation for me, but, like, it's a new object for you. Because it's adapting mm-hmm. something I've read. But to you, you never read it, so it's not really adapting anything for you. You know what I mean? So. Because I wanted to go... Because with that argument, I wanted to go into a movie. Okay. That, uh, in my opinion, is, like, garbage. Okay, the last Airbender. Did anyone watch that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Some, that was a high school project for me. Have we all watched the show, the main series? Oh yeah, I watched it yeah. twice, twice in a row. Okay, we all watched it. Okay, I had family members who I showed show that movie to, and they ended up liking it. But because they didn't have context of the main series and how everything plays out, I was thinking that you might think these adapta- adaptations are bad because they don't pander to us. Maybe they're just trying to do their own thing, and regardless, and they're they're not thinking about the prior fans and what what they want out of the series or out of the movie. Because that last Airbender movie, was... it, the, the bending is so awkward. Well, I mean, they, it's a bad movie. Someone changes so many rules. Yeah, but like, it, it's not a bad movie, though. It's a bad movie as it is. It, it is a bad movie because a lot of the characters are very, like, one-dimensional. Di- one like, is supposed to be funny and goofy, but then can get serious. He's just... Serious. He's pretty bland. S- it's, like, it's serious? I don't even say serious. I was just like monotone. He's the, t- <laughs> like, he's the tool. He took like 20 dudes to lift up one rock. Do you, does anyone remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, guys were dancing in unison to lift up one rock to slowly move across the screen to hit one guy. We spent all our budget on the CG for the last part, uh, portion no, of that movie. No, they spent all their budget on that choreography <laughs> getting six guys synchronized in order to lift up one rock. See, it's like stuff like that that irritated me. And then having the Fire Nation. See, I, I remember an interview when Shyamalan said that, oh, we thought the Fire Nation was too powerful, so well, <laughs> they can only bend fire from from other sources. They can't just you know generate it. Okay. Like how it was in the show. Yeah, but then he said like, what? Well, no, but he was like, what is it? Um, he said that like high level benders could do it. So like strong benders. The the shows like. It still, just, it doesn't make sense though. I th- I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I think in like. In terms, it, it makes more, them more of a threat. Those who can make fire, without fire around them, more threatening but than. Any, but anyone can move earth because earth's all around them. Anyone can move water because there's water and air. And I don't have to say anything about the air things. Yeah, but like they. Yeah. Listen, they nerfed the fire nation. <laughs> yeah, but the fire. They but the, the fire okay. Got nerfed. Actually, okay. patch 1.1 came in. And <laughs> he nerfed the fire nation. Day one patch is a yo. Day one patch. No, actually, um, the um the idea of like doing something on your own, right? Actually, brings me to like the Watchmen adaptation, where um, I don't know if you've seen the Scott Snyder's Watchmen. Or... Nope, I have. Okay, so, okay, so 
I went back to read the. I I I I really liked the movie, right? And then like the graphic novel, on its own, right? But you can't compare the. You can't relate the two in any means other than like, hey, remember these cool panels in the comic? Well, here it is in motion, right? Because the thing about the Watchmen is that it's Scott Snyder. He got the um. He got the panels on the screen, and they look really cool, but. He doesn't have the theming of them on screen. Like, he doesn't have the themes that go with the series. Or of the story, really. But he doesn't have as much time. With the, with the movie, you, you can't go into all the same things you can within uh, the comic. You have more space to say a lot more. I should say in the comic than you would in the movie. Usually movies are singular things, right? Singular big things, maybe some separate things, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can get a you can get a comic book or any type of story, and it has multi-layered, larger things that overwork certain portions of the story. So you're having to crunch down a lot of that into a movie, and you you, you are so limited on um how much of that content from the comic book that you can put into the movie. So I understand stuff has to be cut in a lot of films, but when the core ideas are tampered with and can't be expressed correctly then it makes me think that, that if is that comic book even is it even possible that comic book even have a movie because I, I remember you talking about making comics that can only be done through its medium yeah through its medium okay so that um I remember because I remember uh, I saw an interview with Alan Moore and he remember he's he said that he makes when he writes a comic or graphic novel he writes it to stay, to never be able to be adapted. So V for Vendetta is meant to not be adapted, or and along with like The Watchmen and maybe his um, his other superhero to forget like other superhero story that he created, which other I for, the name is like it's slipping my tongue. So I don't remember it. But he he wrote it in a he wrote the panels out and stuff like so where it re it, it's best consumed as the comic, rather than like a movie, or a TV show. Right, and I guess like Berserk in a way it, itself too, because it uses its medium of, of manga and black and white really well. Yeah, it's written in that format primarily. Yeah, because it's, it's in that format, so we might as well use it to the most to its highest advantage. So that brings me to the question, right? So like, if you can't adapt it, then should like if if it's something is perfect and the medium is created for, then should you try to adapt it or no? Just, you just have to change it. Okay. And that's the problem. If you try to change it, people get mad. Actually, Muhammad, you, you seen the Dark Knight Returns movie, animated movie? Uh, yes. Well, how does that how does that change? I, I'm so glad it's nothing like Frank Miller's original work. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's so like, old work is so fucking sick. Like I'm okay. So I read the Dark Knight Returns, and I did not like any moment I read reading it because but that made me not want to see the movie so go go ahead like t- like tell me and we could like talk tell me about the movie tell us about the movie and I'll say how like how how does it start off right just or uh, so the movie itself is uh, is two total parts um it starts really simple right uh, with just like future Gotham and like old Bruce Wayne 
like we're trying to like uh, live his life and news reports are going crazy uh, about this like new gang that showed up uh, and then like it's basically like a good bit of the movie is just him like trying to fight off wanting to be Batman again it's not like he's depressed or anything it's just he sort of has this like um, unstoppable urge in him just like want to go out and be batman again well it's funny because okay so the the um the dark knight returns is written in three books right the beginning middle and end <laughs> like that and is there two-face in the movie or no uh yes okay because two-face is the first book in the dark knight returns and what it does like what the movie what, what the comic like the first book does is batman is depressed <gasps> my favorite right he's depressed and then he is sweating and then he right but then two-face snaps right and then batman comes back right as a symbol of, like apparently it's like it's like i guess a metaphor for the two how when two like when two-face returns batman returns because batman is like two-face he's like two personalities and he returns back to the scene is it, does that happen in like in the movie or no um, it's slowly, like, uh, talked about. It's basically a subplot going on in, in like, I think, Arkham, uh, along with, like, the mutant thing happening. So, like, uh, most of the movie is showing the mutants, like, uh, losing, like, their minds out there, right? Yeah. And then, like, uh, some of it is, like, focused on, like, Two-Face being, uh, supposedly rehabilitated. Because of his like face being like fixed up. Yeah, the the, the facial the face graft has uh, burned and like made it better. Um, but like he himself doesn't believe that he's like better, so like he keeps seeing himself as like completely burnt. <laughs> so like um, it's basically part of it. The movie's two face going insane. Part of it's uh, Batman fighting the mutants. And it's not as, like, stretched out as the actual storyline, where it's, like, three or, like, five books or something. It, I, it's pure nonsense. I, I think it's four. It's, like, three or four. Because because I remember it, because like, I, I remember it's book one's Two-Face, book two's The Mutant, book three, because he fights the Joker, and then the last one's... And yeah, it's four books, because so book four, he fights the Joker, and then book... Um, book three, he fights the Joker, book four... He fights Superman at the end, which I don't like the idea, right? Because okay, okay. So in, in the story, right? Well, in the comic, the reason why Superman goes visit Bruce, like Bruce Wayne, and Alfred's like, "Oh man, this asshole's here. This this patriotic fuck," right? <laughs> and then they have a talk, and Superman's like, "Look, Bruce, you gotta stop." being Batman because you're causing trouble, right? Even though he's not... He's, he's doing good, right? He's He took out the gang, and now they become the, the sons of Batman and stuff, so they're not, like, doing criminal acts. They're more or less, like, you know, a group of vigilantes out there doing stuff. And somewhere along the line, the president's like, oh, no, Batman's messing up my plans or something. How's that in the, the movie? Um, it's better explained 
Okay. Like, it's basically what happens is the sons of Batman do, like, form after Batman, like, beats down their leader. The thing is, they're really extreme. Like, they'll, like, go out with torches and guns and shit. Like, um, it's like they're chasing after Frankenstein or some shit. But, like, uh, yeah, it's, like, depicted, like, uh, why the president doesn't want Batman to do what he does is because, like, Batman's capable of just, like, a sit gun. Like, he's worried that, like, if this keeps going, it's gonna, like, inspire something really bad. And Superman's conflicted about it himself. You know, he's not depicted as, like, you know, like, just some, like, uh, patriotic, like, idiot. And he shows up in front of, like, Bruce trying to talk to him. Like, they're, like, friends. Uh... And it goes pretty, like, um, it's told really well. Uh, it sounds a lot better than what you described. Like, the president is just, like, randomly one day, like, hey, don't, uh, like, I don't like Batman, so I'm gonna send Superman. Uh, but it's told way better in the movie, honestly. Uh, it shows, like, interesting, like, things with, like, politics at the time, too. So, like, it's not, like, depicted, like, it just randomly happens or anything. Uh, it feels really purposeful. Uh, I think that's why, like, I love those, like, movies so much. Uh, it's because, like, they're actually well-told, like, Batman stories, rather than just being, like, um, all of the Dark Knight Return books that, like, nobody mentioned. Like, people are like, oh, Dark Knight Returns is the greatest thing ever. It is. Like, they disregard, like, the fourth part, which is not. Oh, man. Look, okay. I want to say this. 95% of our fan base are Frank Miller fans, so they're, they're gone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think the Dark Knight, I think Frank Miller, like, the Dark Knight Returns art is ugly. Oh, it is. It's as ugly as all hell. Bunch of, like, gross-looking, blocky people being gross-looking, blocky people. Wait, what's the name? What's the, what's the name? Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Returns. I showed you I showed you several panels of it before. You have? Yeah, I have. And oh. it doesn't look good. And at the time, people said this was the best Batman book ever written. This is the pinnacle Batman stories. We have reached an all-time high, right? And then the movie came around, and people were like, oh, yeah, this is why it's the greatest thing ever. And, then, like, the animated movie makes the comic look good. Oh, and he's a lot of black. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I see. Okay, this is like... Oh, no, wait. What is this? <laughs> 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 oh, oh! If you guys could see this, uh, if you guys, could... <laughs> we're we're filming right in, like in front of a live studio cast, so audience. This is awful. <laughs> right? Why is it like giant rectangles for everything? Um, because Man. Frank Miller is very obsessed with Sin City. Oh no! This I think this came before Sin City, so. Everyone has like sausage fingers. I I think that's he really likes like he really likes hard edges like just straight lines and blocks because that's 
<laughs> Everyone's like a giant rectangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, this brings me to something. Is Dodoro, right, ended. Well, the anime ended a while ago. And I saw this interesting video. I saw this interesting video by Digibro talking about how the classic is really good, right? The original form. And he's kind of upset how the new one looks... It, it's meant to suit modern sensibilities, right? And so I want to ask you this, right? The question is, if something... Let's, let's take like, um, let's use Dora as an example, right? How it's created by Osama Tezuka, and how he, we went over this before figure earlier, where early manga is <laughs> created by 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 <laughs> like like well it was really inspired by um Disney. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, it started out with Walt Disney. Some some dude went over there to see. What well, they're doing in space is like, hey, we want to do this too, and then they did it. They've been doing it for decades. Right, and so, so like, so like, um, Dororo in the manga, like its old manga, looks like, you know, looks like a, look, looks like a Disney, like it looks like a little better Disney movie. Oh, well, Disney, like Disney animation, right, in the manga, and they even had a cartoon where it looks a little like looks good, right? Well, it looks just like the manga. Right, but mm-hmm. then, tw- like le- this early this year, they animated it again, but it looks more modern in a sense, right? How about this? It doesn't have that old classic Disney feel. Than it does, back when it was like first animated or first drawn in the manga. Was the story done differently, or is it kind of beat for beat the same? No, they cut it down to match the twenty-four episode series. Oh, okay. Right, so instead of forty-eight demons, he hunts down twelve. I guess it's just to generate buzz again for the product. If you have an old product, then why not just update it? You see this a lot. Reboots, rebooting and remaking old stuff into the, the uh, into uh, our current day is a moneymaker. Disney is not... Disney's the first one to do it. And they're doing it right now. And now it's just Japan's catching up to the idea. Well, actually, they've been doing it themselves as well. But what am I saying? Well... They're just redoing updates. But like okay, so, but should they adapt? Like, I remember like the, um the thesis like of Digibro's argument was that like maybe you should adapt the video or should I have adapted it, like with modern like techniques but still have it look the same, rather than like it m- trying to update the uh, like the visual appeal to it and like m- match the taste of people like anime watchers today. But. That's the thing. That's the people who are spending money. The anime watchers of today, not the anime watchers of the basement dwellers. <laughs> the, the old, the old Taku, old, as we call them. Old, the old ones. Oh the my. old, the old lords. Okay. Old Taku. But they're just they're, they're just trying to make some money and uh. generate buzz with their old product. See, now that you've seen the remake, maybe there are now individuals that are going to go back to the original one, and now they're going to appreciate the original part, and you can go back to read the manga. I did the same thing when Legend of Galactic Heroes came out. When, when the remake first came out, and I was watching those first two episodes, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. But then I read in the comments, and it was like, oh, the, 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 the old stuff's better. I was like, oh wait, there's old stuff? And then I went, and I watched the entire thing before I could even... Before the, the remake could get finished with their 12-episode season, I, I ended up watching... Not the entire thing. I ended up watching the majority of season... Actually, I ended up watching the entire season one and halfway into season two. See, 
uh, updating your work and bringing it into the modern era can do that. It can bring, it can, it can get people back and looking at those classic shows. Because would you consider what's called Dorora? 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 Yeah. Okay. Would you consider it a classic? Y- yes. Okay. Then they're just bringing Buzz back to classic. And though the remake will probably, and it was definitely not, will not be the best thing ever. And it probably won't be even that good compared to Ray. But now you got something to go back to. And now there's another generation that know about it. Okay. So when they so when they make a third remake, they're gonna have another generation <laughs> that's gonna go back. And you're gonna do exactly what it see there's gonna be a live action version and the CGI live action version and the CG, CGI live action, the CGI live action version. Wait, this gonna keep doing this? Are, are you telling me this is gonna be like a jet this is gonna be like okay, so like another say forty years from now. Mm-hmm. Right well, like when we become the old Taku and like all the Ava fans who bought the VHS yeah, this so, gonna be a photorealistic version, photorealistic CGI version of Dora. Right, and then like when we have YouTube channels, I'll be on like a big YouTube channel, like, man, you guys need to go back to that 2019 version. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's already begun, dude. Pla- it's like classics, classics of classics. Okay, so let me ask, like, so here's something I want to ask, right? So adapting something, right? If we were to update, should it should the adaptation try to tailor the story to be? To- more modern or keep the story as it is because Dodo in itself right kept the story from the original source material all it did was just cut down the demons but kept all the themes down and so just was it good? yeah it was good okay they, okay there you go so but like let's say we need an example right um how, how does Legend of Galactic Heroes reboot versus original anime go no they cut out a bunch of stuff, and they didn't even finish the, the first season of the, um... Okay, the original show, first season, was 25, 26, or 25 episodes, to be specific. Right now, the first season that we have of the remake is only 12. They get pretty far into the into the season. So, I mean, they get pretty far into... Comparatively to the original one. Because by the end of season one, we are already in the middle of the Alliance invading into the Empire. After they take the Death Star base, whatever. Is is a whole forgetting there. Is is basically a Death Star. They uh I, I, I wanna say what I notice about the remake is that the writing and the thematic the thematic stuff of the ideologies of both sides and both characters held true. And I think it's because they had a really good writer. Who adapted it well? I, w- I will say though, visual wise, people complain about it for this update graphics for some reason. Having like, they have CGI ships, okay? It's, it's, it, they don't look bad, but the graphics do feel a little bit video game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like we're watching like a like Eve Online, a little, bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of Eve Online, because in the original OVA, the original 110 episode OVA, hand drawn ships everywhere, but this one. It's got that Star Wars-y tracer-looking laser fire going all over the place. Visually, I appreciate both, but this updated version really holds true to thematic or ideologies of what the show is all about. Because from the very first scenes in the episode, in the first episode, in the very first scene, you open up with 
uh, a peasant couple, a man and a woman. They're in, you know, peasantry clothes. Are, they're, they're in the back of a wooden carriage with a horse, dragon. Okay, and they're going through a dark forest. Okay, it's at night. And above their head flies over this massive spaceship. It looks like kind of like a, like a kind of like an aircraft carrier. Uh, that's a type. It's kind of like the ship, the fighter carrier, but it flies over. They look up into the sky with eyes and faces of worry because they know what's happening. War is kicking off. Then you cut to the next thing, the next scene. You have these upper class individuals and they're these beautiful garbs. They look like, um, they look like, uh, you know, that era, era in Prussia, in Vienna, in Austria, yeah. where they went to giant ballroom dancing and they had the big dresses and all the men dressed up all beautifully. Those cotillions and stuff? And, and, and they're all dancing and, and doing the, the waltz or whatever, the Vienna waltz. Being, they, like, spin around basically. Being complete gentlemen? Like that. And then everything, they're in, they, they would cut the scene and they're on like a cruise ship. And it's the most gaudy looking attire they're wearing. The, 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 it's like chandeliers, columns, and lights, and it's golden, and everything's embroidered, everything. And they see the ship flying through the sky. And then they look up in awe, and they begin clapping and cheering a little bit. Okay. Right from the very first two minutes of the episode, you get, you immediately feel the class divide of, of this world, at least for this faction, of how, uh, what's the quote? There's a quote that I remember that reminded me of that. That sums up, uh, what's it called? I forgot the person's name, but the quote goes, When the rich wage war, it's the poor who die. And within a minute, I want to say it was less than a minute, we got the gist of all of that. How immediately there's a classified, there's an issue going on. The, there's, the wealth is not uh, managed properly. And you can already see the cracks within that society forming. Because later on in the series, you get a civil war. People got sick of it. So I want to say, if you know how to redo, how to how to make a good remake, if you if, if you get the right people on making a remake, I guess people probably end up losing content, or I want to say adapting and remaking. If you get the right people, you will end up losing content by far. You you you, uh, you can't get there. You can't fit everything in there, but you can fit the important stuff in there. It's in the case of he said Watchmen. Yeah, the watch one. The movie didn't get updated. Uh, uh, the movie didn't adapt. It didn't, it didn't adapt good. Or? It, it didn't adapt the themes of like this it didn't stuff. Adapt. Okay, that's the issue. Yeah. If if it if it, it can be different, a mo- the the movie obviously is going to be different. That is inevitable. It will not be point to point. But if you get the core ideas across, that's going to be the important thing at the end of the day. Regardless if that one fan says. Oh, my favorite moment from the comic book isn't there. Why? And then they don't like it. Okay, that that won't last. But that's the time. Pandering to the fans. That one fan, or that small sector fan that just want to see their favorite moments in a movie or animated, etc., etc. What you want are those people who are going to come back to it over and over and appreciate it, and even go back to classics, like how I did. I I need to finish the remake. The remake wasn't even over yet, and I already went back to classic because I already saw from the writing, not from the visuals, not from the the, the cool looking CGI, but from the writing, from the core uh, message that this that they were trying to get across, and then the cool opening. I like the opening. 
that's basically my 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 take. Well, I think no, I think it's a really good take. But this is something I want, like I want to ask both of you, right? So, the Hellboy movie recently came out. Well, a while ago, from like when we recorded this, it came out a while ago, and it, like it did terribly. And I decided to watch Hellboy's one and two again, the movie, after like after I read the comics, and the the first one adapts the um the first story arc, Sea of Destruction, really well, right? With a few changes to be a movie, and then the second one is a story in its own. But the reason why the Golden Army is, in my opinion, is really good is because it more or less it feels like it belonged in the source material. Like if Mike Mignola wrote a comic or like a, that story arc himself and drew it inside of the, one of the Hellboy comic, like in the Hellboy comic, I feel like it wouldn't feel out of place at all. So what, what I want to ask you guys is like, is there a way to like maybe create something new, right? Create something new with like source material and yet have it be feel like it's an adaption of what it is, right? As long as it has like that feel, you know what I mean? That's basically just taking the not parameters, the IP. Let's, okay, let's call it that. It, it's like taking the IP. Let's say I want to take Superman and I want to, for some reason, bring him, make him a kid and then I want to make him evil. Then I want to make it into a horror movie. And I don't want to call it Superman. I want to call it Brightburn, and I, I want it. I want it like that. That's what that would be. Brightburn's kind of adaptation of that of Superman. Okay. It's taking that IP and just doing whatever you want with it. Okay, that's that's completely disconnecting from the entire the source material. Then. It, it would have to have this. But what if it like it feels like the source material? Because like. I, I would have no idea how to do that. Well, like I said, like, the Golden Army, because the Hellboy 2 feels like it would work. Like, I could put it in any part of, like, Mike Mignola's Hellboy, right? And I feel like it's something that actually could happen in the series, like, in the comic series. Like, even though, like, the, the movie series versus, like, the comic series are completely different from, like, beginning, like, from, like, each other, but the sequel of the original Hellboy movie feels like it works and it's it, it works as if it could be a comic right so it wasn't adapted no at all from anything it was just its own thing yeah didn't play by its own didn't, didn't play by the rules of the IP. yes it, it, it pl- then, then you play by the rules of the IP. okay then that's different then then there is no um there is no expectation of looking for that moments that fans like i was talking about before that fans want to see their favorite characters do this this and this there is no expectation for that so you have the freedom in the parameters of that universe to do whatever you want and create something that's simple actually that should be much easier i would say like (laughs) you say that but muhammad how do you feel about the man of steel (laughs) Um, that's different though. That's I, different. They're just, it, those are people just idiots. Okay, those people. Those people idiots. Go ahead, Mom. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, that's like um, what I don't like about Man of Steel is not necessarily what it's trying to do, or what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's just the execution of it is like really poorly put together. But you know, uh, Superman let his dad get eaten by a, like a tornado. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't do it, son. Don't, don't come near me, son. I'm going to hold my hand out and tell you to don't fly near me. Don't save me. 
No, you have the power to do it. I'm gonna make you feel guilty yeah. for the rest of your life. Don't do it. He's gonna let those kids be flattened, son. Yeah, he should let those kids drown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, uh, I love, like, uh, that scene in what was it, Batman v Superman, where, uh, Ben Affleck is just driving up and, like, product placement. And, like, it's a car commercial or something. Well, it, it looked so, uh, I guess what's bad about Man of Steel is, like, um, it didn't really do anything or, like, draw from anything really Superman-related. Uh, it didn't try to be, like, some interesting, like, take of the character either. Like, Superman himself in the movie just kind of feels like, um, like a jagoff, and it isn't really satirizing anything. Like, okay, you, you've read a lot of Superman origin stories, or a few of them. Um, I, I did. Right? Uh, so, Man of Steel's an origin story. How does that, how does, how does it, like, you know, like, adapt from, does it try to adapt anything from those stories? Um, very minimally. Okay. It's like, uh, so he grows up on a farm. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, his parents are, like, like, way different from what they usually are. Okay. Telling him, like, hey, like, don't do, like, things with the powers you have. And it's not necessarily, like, they do it in a really dumb way where it's just kind of like, hey, don't do anything with these amazing godlike abilities you have, son. Like, You're talking about the movie, right? Yeah. yeah, the movie. But the, uh, but don't isn't there another scene in the movie where it's like you can be something great? Jesus, there's, there's Jesus allegories, man. The, the, but that's one. Okay, this is what I'm saying. There's step, the, that movie steps on its toes a lot. I I just want to point out one aspect. I want Muhammad to finish it off because he has so much more content. But remember the giant fight with Zod? Yeah. Okay. And he didn't want to kill him, right? He didn't want to kill Zod. No. He, even though they were busting through like skyscrapers. And like destroying like <laughs> like office space with like dozens and thousands of people inside of that and then like collapsing buildings <laughs> it's like this movie is in that aspect it steps on its own toes on its own ideas about superman don't kill big action even though he just wiped out an entire city um, what do you mean bruce wayne was there he saved everybody like with his fucking with his stupid ass car with his money with, his, with like he, he, just, he just waved money around he waved he, he, he waved money at like the buildings as they fell and they just stood they stood straight up they're like nah okay uh, I'll stay up like yeah, he waved money, money on dead the rockets <laughs> like he waved money at dead bodies and they just popped back to life and they're like, yeah, oh. like yeah there you go Bruce Wayne but that's what okay laughing that's the one thing I appreciate a little bit about Batman v Superman is that they just didn't let that go that Superman kind of just blew up a city. Got it sounds like they do in, in, in everything else. Yeah, true. Then they just drop basically a nuke on another city. We gotta, we, we gotta run, we gotta run towards the explosion. At least Marvel did better, but we're not gonna get into that. We're talking about Man of Steel. <laughs> talking about Man of Steel, right? Uh, so, Muhammad, it, Man of Steel is a Superman origin story, right? You read some Superman origin stories, and you said they only took things from like him being a Smallville. Right, so it's a bad it's a bad adaptation to a Superman story origin story. You say? I, I I think it is because like they don't really like develop like 
um, what kind of Superman like he is exactly, or why he does like the things he does. Okay. Um, I just kind of saw him traveling around very randomly around the world. Um, what are the hallmarks? Yeah, sorry. Uh, the what? What are the hallmarks of Superman origin story from what you read? Um, I feel like Superman, like uh, people know him as like the opposite of Batman. Um, he's not brooding. He's more optimistic, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, he from he comes from like sort of a humble surrounding, being in like the small farm town. Um, he feels a bit weird as a kid uh, because of like what he like well is um, there's this like old like comic um, I remember reading a while ago uh, it was a random Superman origin story written by like uh, Max Landis uh, who wrote that a wonderful movie Bright uh, but like uh, no, like, Max Landis wrote this really cool Superman origin where it shows him, like, as a kid and, and then in just different stages of his life. So what that story is, is, like, there's a whole scene where he looks into a mirror and he sees himself as, like, a green-skinned, like, alien. Because he grew up watching movies where, like, uh, they sewed aliens as, like, monsters. Uh, so, like, it's just, like, I think a good Superman origin story should show him, like, having, like, human characteristics, like, feeling like he's not normal, and, like, trying to be, like, optimistic about the life he has. Also, I just had to bring this up, because it's been bothering me for years. It makes no sense for him to be working at the newspaper in that movie, because they don't, like, there's no... What newspaper-related experience does he have? He traveled He's the world. journalist. He traveled the world, man. He was the like, press. He was... That's not to warrant being a journalist. Own... He's from a small town. Yeah. Like, he's from a small town. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was the press for 95% of that movie. And then he yeah, becomes happy. And he's like, hey, it's Clark Kent. And it looks like some, like, clever thing he does with his glasses or anything, or the way he acts. He just acts like Henry Cavill Superman. He's Clark Kent. He, he's he's, he's so dumb. He is Zack. He's Zack Snyder Clark Kent. Oh. Okay. Oh. So we've been over, you know, bad adaptations or good adaptations, and like what makes a good adaptation, right? But I want to ask, like, are there any things you think will like you want to see ad adapted, right? Um. Things I'd want to see adapted. Well, like, what is something you guys want to see adapted into? This podcast. Okay, into like a movie. <laughs> into, into a movie. We can adapt this into a movie. No, into a live podcast. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. Muhammad. I didn't think about this. Oh yeah. Like, we'll Muhammad go first. Like, I really, uh, I'd honestly. The thing I always kind of like reading all the Superman stuff, um, I'd honestly love it if like somebody would do something uh, with like Peter Tomasi's 2016 run with like Superman, like having a son and like a family 
and like traversing through family life with like crazy adventures and because um, like I feel like that would be like, uh, something nobody really like, like if it was like an animated movie or something a Pixar style like movie where like um, it would just be him and like his family uh, doing cool alien adventure stuff I feel like that would be like fucking awesome um, if somebody were to be able to do that um because, like, I feel like that's one of, like, their best, like, storylines. It's, like, that, like, um, is that 2016 run of, like, Superman, where it's just him and his kid, uh, doing Superman stuff together. Superman Slice of Life stories. Yeah. You Black Hammer fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no, you're fine. I... If it was me, I think I would really want to see maybe a. Hmm. It's hard to say. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's like what is because a lot of things I've read have been adapted, or either like adapted poorly. But I think I would really want to see a uh, like either a Terrifics adaptation or Scud. Right, I, w- I would love to see Scud animated. In my opinion. Just because it it's has just looks so cartoony and like it, it be really fluid from like the way the panels are drawn, you just be fluid motion from it. If you had like you put enough money into it, right? And I think that if you, get, you put a good enough writer, you could probably fix the four and like it's the four chapter ending that he had and make it a little better because Scud had this overarching theme. For 19 issues, for 19 chapters, was that th- this fear of death, right? That like that people have, or it, everything has, right? And how there's like no guarantee of like if you like, it's like Scud's theme was maybe if you die, where do you go? Because he's a robot, so he's like, what happens when I die? Where he's like, I, he has consciousness, but he's machine. So, does he have a soul? And if he does have a soul, is there an afterlife for robots? Or is there an afterlife at all? And he just... It's just, like, this idea of, like, what happens after you die. So, I think if, like, if it was, like... If it was to be adapted, I think it'd have, like, a really good possibility of, like, cleaning up that ending of, like, that Scud had. That's fine. Well, what about you, figure? I know you got something. Hmm. I have two. Okay. I got a weird one, and then I got I got my fan one. Okay, what's that? What's what's that weird one? Hit us with that weird okay, one. Okay, oh, if, remember that manga I told you, Kasane? Yeah, the kissing the girl like. Yeah, the the one where the girl has a lipstick and she can steal the face of someone. Yeah. And she and she's like super ugly. Mm-hmm. And so like, she wants to be like she wants to do acting, but she has the skills to act. But she doesn't have the face. <laughs> she doesn't have the face to act. So her mother was the same way. She was hideous as well. But she had this lipstick that when she kisses someone, she can steal the face of them. And so we were like kind of following the story of after her mother died, her going through the same steps and seeing the things that she overcomes and having to be basically cut through 
and you can't be nice to everyone or anyone at all. I don't know. It's it's like a it's more like a psychological type show where it's more like a character studies on people's attitudes and and beauty and ugliness and stuff like that. Okay, that that's my weird one. Okay. Yes, wow, I want to I want to talk about this manga at some point. When I finish this manga, I want to do a full on review of it. But my fan one, man. Okay, so. I think I mentioned this before. Has anyone played the Republic Commandos, Star Wars Republic Commandos game? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. Has anyone watched the 3D TV show? Uh, yeah. You mean the oh, clo- the go. Clone Wars? Yeah, not the 2D one. Not the game Tarkovsky Clone Wars. I'm talking about the C- the, um, the C- Dave Filoni. The, the, the good yeah, the, the good Dave Filoni. Good CG. <laughs> They're both good. They're both good. Don't don't do this to me. They're good. both good. But it- I always wanted to. Um, Good CG. I personally wanted just to make it myself. Okay. A comic book, <laughs> or 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 that um, the CG style show have us follow a group of not Republic commandos but Imperial commandos before um, the first Death Star gets blown up and just go through this um, character building story of them going on missions and. Taking out rebel bases and stuff like that. You know, the typical thing, you know. Some turn into the rebels, some don't kind of thing. But like, I wanted to be able, I wanted, I would love to do this, but I wanted to make it like a, like a tight-knit squad. And then, like halfway through, start ripping them apart. Start saying, hey, one wants to be a rebel, one's loyal to the Empire, one doesn't know what they want to do, and stuff like that. Like, I, I just want to something like that add up that'd be pretty cool so. plus people like republic commandos you uh, actually see the republic commandos i like kotor in uh, the tv uh, okay okay yeah we should have that we should uh, well i don't know about adapting that i think you can <laughs> it, i don't know oh well you would not you would not be you, you couldn't follow your main character that you play you'd have to follow like red and out with it mm. well that's a story part that's it an ep- be hard to do it. It's an episode for another day, but we're reaching that hour mark. So, any closing statements, guys? Want to say? Tom our- King's the greatest comic writer of all time. Okay, Muhammad. Dying on the inside. Okay, <laughs> so his thing is go buy Black Hammer because it needs support. <laughs> it's, go uh, read Void. Yeah. Okay, go read Void, not not Black go Hammer. Go read Void. Web manga. Void. Okay. Void is better than Black uh, Black Hammer. <laughs> oh. From the remember Hellboy Company. If you like Blade Runner, go read Void. I didn't make it. But as always, thank you for listening. Where can we find you at, Muhammad? Um, you can find me. Uh... Come on. <laughs> I keep forgetting twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Like, the there you go. go. <laughs> like, um, like I, I do things on there sometimes. He, re- he you review stuff. After, I, he just re- his I just read reviews are pretty good. The I just they're, read. They're not they're they're right. amazing. They're, I like them. Right. And where can we find you, figure? At figure underscore zero one zero on Twitter. Only on Twitter. And you can find me at, at Eric Mulgell at Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening.